Leadership File on Premier. Welcome to the show that helps Christians lead where God has placed them. I'm Andy Peck. This week I welcome to the Leadership File David Hofbrand. David is one of the associate pastors of City Coast Church, Brighton, and author of a new book, The Jewish Jesus, Reconnecting with the Truth About Jesus, Israel and the Church. So welcome to the Leadership File, David. Thank you. Thanks so, for having me on. Well, it's great to have you. Uh, your, your journey to faith and, and to working with the church is, of course, tied up with the subject of the book, which we will look at later. So in the book, you hint at the amazing ways God got your attention. So perhaps you could describe your, your journey to faith, first of all, for us. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, I grew up in a Jewish family in Camden Town in London, and I went to synagogue, had my bar mitzvah, and um, I suppose lived in that Jewish culture in, in a very Jewish family. And um, about the age of 13, 14, I went on a bit of a quest because I was like, oh, you know, I just want to know the truth. I didn't feel like I had a relationship with God. I wanted to know what the truth was, and I looked in all sorts of places ranging from Buddhism to the occult to all sorts, over a period of years and years. But I think the last thing that I wanted to be was uh, a Christian. And I think for Jewish people, the connotations of that are much different, perhaps, to what Christians might think. And so I, I looked almost everywhere else, but it was as though when I gave up looking, God came looking for me. And I had a series of very supernatural encounters with God. I was filled with the Holy Spirit, not knowing that you could be filled with the Holy Spirit, or indeed what the Holy Spirit was. Um, I had the experience of praying in tongues, not knowing what that was. And um, in all these things, it was as though God was looking for me, trying to demonstrate to me that Jesus is who he said he is, and that God himself was real. And so um, it actually went on for a number of years until... Eventually, I had a morning where God woke me up with visions of a place, took me out there, and it turned out to be a, a meeting of a church which was, in fact, around the corner from where I lived. So, no, and that, I, see, I'm, yeah, It was really very, very biblical and very supernatural. And I found that with a lot of Jewish people, that God, it feels like God has to do that to overcome some of those hurdles, the historical hurdles that exist for them. And uh, yeah, it was a very profound experience that I think God needed to give me to just demonstrate to me beyond any kind of shadow of doubt that, hey, this is who I am and Jesus truly is, you know, the Messiah. He's He's the one that you're looking for. Well, And uh, I've only ever been in that one church since then. Well, thank you for sharing. I was going to ask whether whether your experience of the Holy Spirit and of tongues were, were in a, any kind of Christian, what I call a Christian context with, with Christians at all. No, uh, not really. I mean, the, the original, I was filled with the Holy Spirit when I was living in a flat in Brixton, wow. working at a bookshop in Charing Cross Road. Gracious. Wow. And <laughs> I was reading a book by St. Teresa of Avila from the, I think, 16th century? I can't remember. And um, I actually didn't know. It was, I only found out it was praying in tongues when I ended up a couple of years, two or three years later in the church. Well, wow. um, 
Mm. Well, that is an amazing story, <laughs> David. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was sadly we got to move on, but uh, that was that's amazing. Um, so you you um you then I, I you, kept it short for you because well, it was, no, I appreciate it was a long journey. I appreciate yeah. that, and uh, and and no doubt a lot of that has become. You know, it's been valuable in your ministry to, you know, to folk from different faiths, etc. But um, you, 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 you became, a, were you a social worker at some point um, at, at this time or was that later? That was a bit later. That, at, that, at that time I was doing a BSc in psychology, interestingly. Hmm. Um, I, I took five years out because actually I wanted to be a writer. Not necessarily a writer of Christian books, but I wanted to be a writer. And I thought, I, you know, I wanted some experience of living. So I lived in Spain and France and Scotland and did various different things uh, and some of that journey happened during that period and um, then I was doing a, a BSc in psychology and then yes I later did a master's in social work and became a, a child protection social worker on an estate in Brighton oh, wow. uh, called Moorscombe which a place I loved very much Moorscombe and Whitehawk are two big estates in Brighton um, amazing communities but with very high levels of deprivation and um, so I worked there within the long-term child protection team, which was you know, a, great, a really interesting training alongside being part of a church and uh, seeing how God can intervene in people's lives. And, and, and um, so that you were part of City Coast Church at that point, were you? Yes, I was, yeah. And then By you, the time I was a social worker. I see, yeah. Yeah. And then you, you moved you know, to, to, to become an associate pastor along, alongside your wife? Yeah, I, I met my wife at City Coast. I, I, I've actually had sort of parallel careers all the way along the way. So I was a child protection social worker, but then I was deputy director of a child abuse prevention project based on the estates. And um, then uh, subsequently I was training social workers for the University of Sussex. And so I've still been involved in that right up until uh, all that, just over a year ago. But um, alongside that, yes, we became... Well, we were, I was originally a worship leader, and like so many worship leaders, I then kind of morphed into a pastoral role and was, we were young adult pastors. And then for the last, I think, six years, we've been associate pastors, yes, at right. City Coast. Right. And so describe the church for us and, and your role within it. It's a, I guess you'd call it a modern Pentecostal type church, quite a lot of young adults. Um, but of course, the age range is, is, is broad. It's about four or four or five hundred people, I guess. Uh, so it's a big, a good, thriving community um, based in an area called Portslade in Brighton. It's, uh, I guess, uh, quite a passionate expression of Christianity. Uh, I guess a modern approach to worship. Uh, you could, I don't know if Hillsong like is a is a. No, that, yeah, that good figures. Yeah. No, sure. But that kind of situated it. Was part of a, it's part of a movement of churches called uh, International Network of Churches, or INC, which was originally called Christian Outreach Centre. So it, it's a move that's all around the world, and in particular in Australia. So, yeah. Oh, great stuff. Uh, and you're a singer-songwriter mm. as well. What kind of music? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I'd like to call it rock folk, because it's, it's a sort of... I'm not quite sure how to describe it, but rock folk would probably fit a description, I guess. Um, Guitar-based, song-based, not pop, but not uh, not very maudlin. It's pretty upbeat. Mm. And, um, yeah, probably more influenced 
my music's always been situated in the, for want of a better word, the secular music scene rather than the Christian okay. music scene, although I have done stuff within the Christian world as well. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and so, uh, regarding the church, I mean, there's a sizable number of, of folk uh, attending. What are the areas in which you're seeing fruit at the moment, uh, David? Do you mean me personally or the church? Well, no, the church generally. as a whole in terms of the, you know, the things it's doing mm. that are either seeing folk mm. uh, come to faith or at least uh, people being connected with, with, with church and uh, church life. Yeah, I think, I think what we're finding is that we're gearing our Sundays around the visitors and around really engaging with the community and trying to meet the needs of the average person who's walking in off the street. And what we're finding is that that has built a really open community where it's easy for people to come in. That's what we're trying to do is make it easy for people to come in, to feel connected, to feel like church is for them. It's not a, an exclusive club, which I guess is what, you know, Lots, most churches are aiming to do, but we're definitely um, finding that that is happening. We've also got a youth meeting on Fridays, um, which is a, a pretty crazy night, and they're seeing we see tremendous fruit there. Our, our youth and young adults pastors are doing an incredible job, and um, so we're seeing a lot of young people coming to faith through the way that we engage with that community as well, and people engaging within their schools, within their colleges. Um, I think what we're finding is is that we're striking a balance of really meeting the needs of new believers and helping people travel through that journey of discipleship all the way through to using their gifts, however they're most able. And by focusing on the individuals and developing those individuals and being a bit more systematic about it, we're hopefully providing an environment where people can fulfill their potential i think that's our heart really to help every person who comes in fulfill their potential in whatever area they're really called so for some people that's church leadership but it's definitely not a one-size-fits-all approach for other people that's business for other people that's just you know building families we're all about building strong families helping build, build relationships i think one of the key areas that we have focused on i've probably particularly focus is really helping people to be real with God and not to in any way put on a religious mask, but just to learn to be themselves and to allow God to do what he wants to do in fixing up their lives and bringing them into that fruitfulness. Wonderful. Now, it sounds like a terrific, uh, terrific aim. Uh, I mean, your ministry's involved uh, seeing uh, people being made uh, whole emotionally. Mm. Um, yeah. And uh, what's, what kind of things do you engage with when you do that? Um, I think I've been, for me, I've, I've done quite a lot of one-to-one um, -one work with people and also uh, I've been responsible for the men's ministry over the last few years. And previous to that, we were working with the young adults uh, for about seven years and we built up a young adult movement. And I, th I think what I've found is that um, people need permission almost to be themselves and to allow God into those areas of their hearts that really need transformation. I think traditionally sometimes there's this idea that faith is almost putting on a mask. It's almost, you know, I'm going to trust God, I'm going to push through, and not actually inviting God into the mess of, our, of their lives and their emotions and allowing, allowing themselves to be real with God and um, allowing God to break the lies in their lives and, and actually replace them with his truths. And I found that... Um, 
particularly to people who've grown up in church, that that can be an issue, because it can be hard sometimes to separate church, if you like, from God, and allow God into those vulnerable places, allow God into those deep places that bring radical transformation. And I think, um, I think what we found is that, uh, certainly what I found is that what seems like the shortcut in Christianity tends to end up being the long way, you know, long route, and and what feels like it's going to be long actually turns out to be the shortest way and i think well jesus spent 30 years preparing for a ministry of three and a half years and most of the time we want to try and do it the other way around Mm. and i think identity precedes ministry that's what sam says never time wasted i think it's sort of got a bad reputation in some ways the emotional wholeness thing almost like faith not feelings and i'm like absolutely but what i found is that some people take that and it's almost like an excuse to not deal with those feelings when in reality yes we trust we, we'll look to faith not feelings but actually we have to uh, allow god into those feelings we god made us passionate emotional beings for a reason and the restoration of our souls is such a massive part of what the gospel is about well you're listening to leadership file with me andy peck i'm joined this week by david hofbrand uh, david is the Author uh, of a book, The Jewish Jesus. We'll be back just after this. Well, welcome back to the Leadership File with me, Andy Peck. I'm joined this week by David Hofbrand. David is one of the associate pastors of City Coast Church, Brighton. Uh, he's author of a new book, The Jewish Jesus, Reconnecting with the Truth About Jesus, Israel and the Church. We learned before the break of his uh, Jewish upbringing and uh, the way God met him in a, a number of uh, remarkable ways. And, uh, and through social work and uh, youth work, eventually, uh, working now at uh, City Coast Church in Brighton. Um, David, uh, we, we'll, we'll come on to the book in just a minute, but you, uh, I was fascinated yeah, no to, to see that you, um, you're involved in training young leaders. I, I just wonder the kind of things you cover. Sure, yeah. Uh, going back to you know, what we're talking about, emotional wholeness, I think what we try and do is really focus on character before gifting. So focusing on that wholeness, because when people are secure in God, secure in who they are, then what they do as leaders is not coming out of a place of trying to prove themselves to anyone, including God. It's coming out of a place of genuine service. And so I guess what we do is we try and really build people's relationship with God and help them to be in that place that Jesus said he's in. You know, I just do what my father shows me to do. And then we'll help them develop on top of that platform, that solid foundation, look at where their giftings lie look at how they can develop those giftings, look at those, how they can make sure they've got that kind of accountability that will allow them to deal with the blind spots in their lives, those areas that other people can see that it's hard to see in ourselves. And and then, you know, I, I think that you build towards actually those more obvious leadership gifts and uh, roles such as preaching, teaching, whatever area of leadership they might be stepping into, but ensuring that... Well, it comes from a place of solid character, a deep personal relationship with Jesus and a sense of actually service rather than trying to prove themselves. That's probably a, a, the way I'd sum it up. Oh, sure. Thank you. That, does that make sense? No, that's, that's helpful, really. The kind of identity precedes ministry kind of concept, which you were talking about before the break. So, yeah. Um, yeah you, you've written the, the, Jewish, the Jewish Jesus. Um, you can... You're concerned that Christians understand the Gospels in the light of, of his Jewish background. Is that one of the one of the themes? Yeah, the, the book's divided into three sections. 
So the first section looks at restoring our picture of the Jewish Jesus. The second section looks at God's heart for the Jewish people and for Israel and how the church fits in with that. And the third uh, part is really looking at the church and what it means that Jews and Gentiles together form one new man and how we are supposed to live together in that community. Um, But it starts very much with, let's actually just look at our picture of Jesus because I feel that um, the church over the centuries, we've got centuries and centuries of traditions and of cultural lenses in the way that we see Jesus. And some of those distort our picture of Jesus. Some of them prevent us from seeing the fullness, the detail that's there when you restore the Jewish lens. And so that's what part one of the book is really about. And it leads into all the rest. Yeah. So, so sometimes Jesus is almost divorced from his upbringing, his the culture around him, and obviously the Gospels are almost impossible to understand. Therefore, <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, let's let's. I think the church is in a really strange position in a way because we think about it. We're reading this book that was fundamentally written by Jewish people, largely about Jewish people, and that's both Old and New Testaments. Which, by the way, are terms that God never applied to either the Old or New Testament, we are following a Jewish man, and uh, yet somehow or other we seem to have forgotten the relevance of, the Jew- of, of this whole Jewishness thing. And in reality, you know, it struck me that God went to a huge amount of trouble to ensure that his son was born in a specific time, in a specific place, and ministered to a specific people. And that if God had spent centuries and centuries and centuries leading towards that, and that's what he's given us, then we ignore the relevance of that and the importance of that at our peril. Um, Because one of the things that God is doing is he's stepping into, this is the whole story of the Bible in a way, is God stepping into our world specifically, not in an abstract way. And so the way we know that God steps into our lives specifically is that he's already done that in the form of Jesus. And he's given us not a, a self-help guide or a set of principles. He's given us stories. And the way that we understand stories is we understand the context. We understand the uh, importance of what's going on to each of the characters involved. And so I just feel that the more we restore that, the more we restore our understanding of what, by the way, is a much more Jewish book than we realize in the case of the New Testament, then uh, certainly than I realized as a Jewish person coming into the church. Uh, and the more we do that, the more I think it brings alive our picture of Jesus. I'm certainly not here to say, and this is not what the book is about, saying, oh, you, you know, you've got it all wrong, we've, we've completely missed it. It's more about saying, hey, we've got the headlines and we've got a sketch, but actually there's much more detail to be had, much more richness that we can bring out in our relationship with Jesus and our understanding of God's plans and purposes when we restore the original Jewish lens. Yeah. Uh, and any particular uh, areas you found illuminating when researching the book? Yeah, I, I, look, I, I think what I found interesting was, um, first of all, the history. The more you look into the history, the more we find that actually the church has been the number one persecutor of the Jewish people over the centuries in the name of their own Jewish Messiah. And that's you know, distressing as a Jewish person to read that and to, to look into that. But I think also for the church to understand this is 
really important that we understand that history. And we don't feel guilty about it, but we understand that there's some undoing to be done for the Jewish people in understanding who Jesus is for them. Um, I found it more interesting than ever just looking at the New Testament. And it's kind of like a, almost like the rabbit hole in Alice in Wonderland. The more you restore that Jewish lens, the more you find that layers upon layers of detail that are there that are not just fascinating intellectually, but help you to understand and know Jesus better. And how you understand that Jesus was communicating, not in an abstract context, but when he was talking about, you know, I'm the light of the world, he's talking to Jewish people at a ceremony at the temple where there's massive candelabras illuminating the temple. And so they have a context for that, that he's saying, hey, I, I am greater than the temple. I'm greater than anything that you are even seeing here. So, so in every detail of what we read, there, there's more that comes alive. And I, I found that um, it only... You know, I'm just on that journey as well. I'm, I'm learning and growing as, as I look into this stuff. And I, I just found it just made me more and more hungry for a deeper awareness of this, uh, of this stuff. And I think that's what I've found with people is that once, often people can think of it as a, almost like a niche subject, uh, like an exotic side salad or something. And I think that's, that's unfortunate because I think it's actually the opposite. I think it's something that really is central to the revelation of God to you and me. Yeah. And the, and the ministry at City Coast Church, presumably as you're preaching, you know, when you, have, yeah. when you come up for preaching, you're able to share some of this, this, this stuff. Are there things that might uh, be touched by the kind of approach that you take? Yeah, look, I, I think I definitely am the person that brings most of this kind of flavour. Um, what, what, I, what I find, it, there's two different types of messages in a way that relate to this kind of subject. There's a message that directly deals with this, and then there's just messages that incorporate elements of this in bringing out particular subjects or looking at particular areas or characters in the Bible. And and so both of those, I guess, are, are, are important, and I particularly would try and bring both those types of messages. But I think also one of the things that restoring the Jewishness of Jesus does is it really restores his humanity and so I think um, we're all about that at City Coast which is bringing alive the person of Jesus and, and what that really means to us and how we can know him personally and so I guess uh, what this does for us is it helps us to do that for people and uh, how can listeners get a copy Probably the best way is just to go to my website, which is just www, uh, dot, uh, com. It's all one word, thejewishjesusbook.com. And on there, there's ways to buy the book uh, directly through me or also through other booksellers. Splendid. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you so much, David, for being my guest. Uh, today and for sharing and for... Thanks for uh, having Yes, me. it sounds exciting. I'm thrilled to hear the way in which you know god brought you to faith and uh and now has placed you in in brighton and uh and you know may god bless your ongoing ministry there thank you andy thanks for having me on today well you've been listening to the leadership file with me andy peck i was joined by uh, david hofbrand uh, david is one of the 
associate pastors of City Coast Brighton and the author of a new book, uh, The Jewish Jesus, Reconnecting with the Truth About Jesus, Israel and the Church. Uh, do log on to Premier's website. You can listen to archive versions of the Leadership File, including this one in due course, and you can go to iTunes and uh, download um, conversations from the past. There's a kind of archive of coming up to 100 uh, guests there, so you can uh, do that if you choose. Uh, or uh, come back to me uh, next Sunday at 3.30 for another uh, Leadership File. I look forward to you tuning in then. God bless. You've been listening to The Leadership File on Premier. Andy Peck serves as a tutor at CWR, a Christian charity whose courses and publications aim to apply God's Word to everyday life. Contact him via email apeck at cwr.org.uk.